0: Sing, Open My Eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. Y'all know it? Sing it. I believe I know all the words we'll see. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. To reach out and touch Him. And know that He loves Him. Open my ears, Lord, and help me to listen. Open my eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus. That's our prayer, Father, we want to see Jesus as we come today. Everything we do, we pray in this place would bring glory and honor to you every life, and help us to realize the truth from your word, that truly we are children of the Most High God, that we're children of God. And we ask you, Lord, to protect us when the evil one begins to come and and speak lies to our hearts. And we ask you, Lord, today that we would have discernment and we would reject those lies and we would receive the truth and give you praise. So come now, Lord, and these particular prayer requests, we ask that you would truly just answer them and and truly just guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each and every one of these. And there are many that need healing as we have lifted them up. You've heard. We pray for healing. We pray for strength. We pray for recovery. We pray, Lord, today for encouragement. We pray today things that would look impossible with man. All things are possible with God. And we pray today, Father, even today as Darcy and the baby, we just thank you. The baby's good. And the mom's going to be good. And we know the dad's going to be good also. So, Lord, bless them richly. We pray for healing these that uh, are in need as we look at Jimmy. And, of course, um, uh, thank you for uh, Lydia's healed in Jesus' name, for Mary Jo and also for uh, Dolores' eyes, for Tom Karen and Edie Crook. Pray for healing for Jim. And we speak against that pain. We command pain to leave in Jesus' name, right now in Jesus' name. And we ask you, Lord, the peace of the Lord would fill his life and we speak that peace and we speak healing in his, in his body and his spirit and down deep in his innermost being in the name of Jesus. We command healing in little Jacob's life, Lord. We command the healing power of the Lord. Give wisdom to the doctors and give wisdom to all who are caring for him. But we believe that. We command healing for Carla Beatty in the name of Jesus. And Father, today we pray you would give her continued strength and, and also E.T. as they go through this time that is challenged more than what we would ever realize. We pray and command healing in Deborah's life also. And dear God, she would be encouraged. And dear Lord, today these uh, family factions would just go away and peace would come upon that family in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, right now for strength for Kendra. We pray for healing for the kids in Jesus' name. We right now speak that. Thank you for provision with Ashley and others here in this place. Thank you today that you, right now, that your hand is upon Mike Rogers, dear Lord. He knows you and we lift him to you and we just pray, Father, the peace of God to cover him that passes all understanding. Thank you for healing, Cindy. Thank you for sending people our way and thank you for the many people that are praying even as we speak for these that even have been mentioned here today. We glorify you. Thank you for Every person that's in this place this day, we pray they would be blessed. And if I've missed any, unintentionally, right now, we lift them to you, Lord, and we just call upon the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn in your Bible to Isaiah 58. And Dan, if you'll come up and and read that, or you can stand where you are if everybody can hear. I've asked Dan and Sid to read uh, several verses in uh, Isaiah 58. If you'll open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 58.
1: Shout it, shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice to like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sin. For, for day after day they seek me out. They, they seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has no, not forsaken the commands of God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have they why why have we fasted, they say, and and you have not seen? Why why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do not you do you do it as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you as you do today. And expect your voice to be heard on high. and this, Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day of a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed, and for lying on a sackcloth and ashes? Is this what you call a fast, and is a day acceptable to you Lord?
2: Is such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to affect his soul. Is it to bow down his head as a bow rush and to spread the sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast on the day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to lose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Is it not to share thy bread to the hungry that thou bring the forth and are cast out uh, to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then shall then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am, if thou take away from the midst of the, the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking man And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light that rise into darkness, and in, in the, in, in the darkness be as... Uh,
0: Yes, amen. To just summarize, what he's saying here is, is you're doing all the right things, but your heart's not right. And what he's saying here is that somehow they have turned their faith into a ritual or into a rite or IT. That's what they've done. So they've abandoned the relationship with the Lord. And so we see here in the beginning, cry out. Do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet, and declare to my people their transgressions, who the house of Jacob, their sins there. They were fulfilling all the prescribed rituals presented under the law. And the people were confident that they were doing the will of God because the priest told them that they were doing pretty good. And you know, remember that book back, I think it was in the 70s, I'm okay, you're okay. You know, it really is not teaching us right. Because we're not okay without the grace and the forgiveness and the blood of Jesus. But that's what was taught. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm like you know. And definitely, we celebrate individuality. But we don't certainly just say everybody. Hey, we're okay. We're all right. Without Jesus, sin has left a crimson stain. But we see here they actually are saying we're fine. We're all right. You know, we've done that. And actually, when uh, the prophet calls them out, they pout. They go, well, we've done these things. What's wrong here, God? You're not hearing us. And certainly, they did pout here. And we look throughout that and all. You know, it says, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. And you oppress all your workers. Behold, your fast. Only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Actually to point your fingers at one another. To quarrel with one another instead of coming back in that relationship with me. And so the results of religion without transformation is exposed when the Lord says that. Behold you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked face here. And he goes on to say, is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? The Bible says that he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Something happens when we come before the Lord and humble ourselves and whatever the issue may be when we come before the Lord and we say, Lord, would you search my heart and try me and see if there's any offensive way within me and lead me into the way everlasting? Because if we humble ourselves, the Bible guarantees, he said, I will give grace to you. I will give, make it, I'll give favor to you. But then he says, but he'll resist the proud. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want God resisting me, okay? And I'll tell you, we've been in a spiritual warfare battle, and certainly the enemy can, can oppress. He's still working today until we obviously go to heaven. That won't change. So the warfare is real, and he can oppress you, and he can do all of these things, but it is nothing compared to God saying, I'll resist you when you're proud. And so my obviously advice and my suggestion today, encouragement, will be to humble yourselves in whatever God is showing you. Because God shows us our failings, our faults. Obviously, he doesn't leave us in that either. He gives us a way out and he says, I'll bless you if you'll do this and, and be obedient to me. And what He seeks from us and the divine encouragement of what is promised are revealed through, I believe, the verses here in the Scripture. And I'll be honest with you. I believe right now what I'm going to share with you is one of the things that is blocking God moving across this nation called the United States of America. Again, I believe it is. And what I'm going to share with you, I believe, if we'll come before the Lord and humble ourselves on what I'm going to share to you today, one of the things, obviously, is I believe that God is going to release His Spirit in the church like we've never seen before. But until we do, I believe what the Word of God says and humble ourselves and come before Him instead of saying, I've got all the answers. I don't need you, God. Because you see, there are many people today saying, I don't need revival. I'll tell you right now more than what you realize. But I'm going to tell you right right up front, and I've told you many times, I need revival. I need God to come and break me. I need God to come and and remold me, put me on the potter's wheel and the potter taking me and molding me today. I need to come before him in that humility today so that he can do in my life what he wants to do. And I believe that's true for the church today. The first thing here is, is that God desires a revival for his people. A vibrant relationship here. I'm not talking about ritual, and I'm not talking about anything else. I'm talking about an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what he wants. He wants us to be more like Jesus here. Many times we say we are seeking revival, and a lot of times what we do, and we know, y'all are church folk, is we say, oh, this message is for the guy down at the end of the pew. Isn't that what he's saying? Ain't for me. Boy, it was good, Jim. I go to the door and y'all shake. That was good. That was real good. And in the back of our minds, we think, man, I hope somebody else heard this. Because I know they need it real bad. I'm talking to everybody here today, okay? And God's speaking to our hearts. Over 50 years ago, a man named Owen Murphy wrote, When men in the streets are afraid to open their mouths and utter godless words, lest the judgment of God fall, when sinners overawed by the presence of God, tremble in the streets and cry for mercy. When without special meetings and sensational advertising, the Holy Ghost sweeps across cities and towns in supernatural power and holds men in the grip of the terrifying conviction. When every shop becomes a pulpit, pulpit every heart an altar, and every home a sanctuary, and people walk softly before God, this is revival. When Ed you and I right now, and in the Bible, I believe it's Zachariah, it said that they uh, obviously they were backslidden, but they obviously were, were shameless. They didn't have shame anymore. And that's what we have today in the world and sometimes in the church today. We don't have shame. We look upon things that we should never look upon. We talk about things we should never talk about. We do things that we should never do today. And we don't even have the shame today. And then we come to church and we go, oh man, isn't this great today? We had a good celebration today. And God said, you're doing all the right things. But you've lost your relationship. In Ephesians it says, you have walked away from your first love. You've walked away. And he says, repent and return. He said, lest I remove my lampstand from your life and your church. You'll no longer have any effectiveness today because we've turned relationship into ritual and to a right. Modern Christians have confused revivalism with evangelism. We are evangelistic, thank God. There are different segments of the French church. We are evangelical. We believe in the blood of Jesus. We believe today Christ died for our sins and he arose on the third day. But there are other parts... Of the Friends Church in the Northeast. And in different places actually. Were, was one segment here in Houston. And they basically is a social gospel. We're talking about today. That we are evangelical. We believe in the word of God. We believe in the totality of scripture. We believe today. That God is exactly who he says he is. And he's revealed that through his word. And his word in our hearts. The Rema word of God. But a lot of times we feel like, well, you know, this is the same. Let me tell you, when revival comes, there will be evangelism. But evangelism is not revival. You and I should be evangelizing all every day of our lives. We should be looking for people to share the good news with people that I mentioned last week. They're leaving and they're going out into hell. They're they're absent from God. They are spiritually dead. But when revival comes, there's going to be something happening even greater. We think about that. And God moves and his spirit moves. The Bible says where he, the wind blows where it wishes. But God, I believe, is about to get ready to, to blow the spirit of the Lord. And Holy Spirit rain, even like we saw here in the bulletin today. The Holy Spirit rain upon us. Come down, O Lord. And change our hearts and change this ritual that we're in. And give us that intimate relationship with Christ. And that can only happen by the Holy Spirit of God. Obviously. The gifts of the Spirit today, He distributes them just as He pleases, as Ellen wrote earlier. He works as He wills, not as we will. The Spirit of God is sovereign, and He moves today, and we need His presence. I want to tell you, more than ever, we need the Spirit of the Lord to come back into the church. You remember in Ezekiel 37? You remember this the, the Spirit of the Lord there? It was... Uh, fill those dry bones, Ezekiel was brought by the Spirit of, of the Lord there in the valley. I'll read it to you. Because there were many, very many bones on the surface of the valley. And so the Lord said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I have I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and you will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And You shall know that I am the Lord. I will do these things. God says He will do that. I believe that's what He's going to do, what He is beginning to do. He's beginning to bring life back into us. Jesus said, if you, have, if you have me, you have life. If you don't have me, you don't have anything. I want to tell you, when you don't have Jesus, you know what you have? You have, obviously, religion many times. And this is what these people had. They had religion. They were going through the motions. They knew a lot of things, and they knew a lot of stuff. But they didn't have God working in their lives because they were rejecting the spirit of the Lord moving in their lives. God is saying today that we've got to have revival to move back in our lives, in our country. Revival, even if it's discussed today, it's kind of in a perfunctory manner. Much like talking about the weather there. You know, here about four weeks ago, I went up to Trinity with about 250 pastors and we prayed for 24 hours and asked God to pour His Spirit out upon the city of Houston. The Lord brings life through His Spirit. Spirit brings life, obviously. The law brings a death because we do right things, but it doesn't bring life. Jesus brings life. And it's in that intimate relationship that we have that life. God desires for us To be the light of the world in Matthew 5, listen to what he says. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under the basket, but on a stand and it gives light all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. How I live reveals the reality of my relationship with Jesus Christ. We're to love people. Not just those who love us. We're to love those that hate us and persecute us. We're to love people. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is above it all here. I want to tell you, Peter is saying in 1 Peter chapter 1, Preparing your minds for action, and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as He who called you is holy, you you also are called to be holy, and all of your conduct since it's written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on Him as Father who judges impartially, According to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed for the, for the, from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown for before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last time for so the sake of you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. We need revival. The second thing he hears revival obviously reveals a transformed heart. Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness and to undo the straps of a yoke? To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Revival cannot be scheduled. It has to be a sovereign move of God. But those who've been revived do not speak of their own righteousness. In fact, they obviously humble themselves. They actually show their righteousness. The revived saint so lives that the transformed heart is revealed to all who know that the believer has been touched by the Spirit of the Lord. And the Word of God probes deep into the heart, exposing who we are and revealing who we can be. And it's important to note that the transformed heart is not merely a religious heart. It's actually a compassionate heart. It's compassionate because the Christian faith is messy. We cannot be Christians without becoming involved in the lives of broken people. We recoil from the filth of broken lives, not wishing to soil our hands. But yet this is that all you're doing, if you're not reaching out to the broken, to the downtrodden, to those who have no hope, if you're not doing that, then all of what you do and all your fasting even is in vain. It's what it's saying, isn't it? I want to tell you today, and I'll tell you something, and even as I put this in is I love the body of Christ I love the body of Christ I love every segment of those who are under the banner of Christ of Jesus Christ I love and I see the value in people but you know what happens today is religious folks will begin to tear down instead of somehow offering redemption I'm glad God offered redemption to me how about you you see today, what we've got to do is the Spirit of God's got to change our hearts because somehow we don't want to soil our hands with these. They're different than us. They don't pray like us. They don't talk like us. In fact, they may use a few curse words every now and then in there. I don't be right now, do you? I don't be right those people. Do you see what I'm talking about? And this is the reason why God is beginning to judge these people and he said you need to get it right because he said i don't hear you fasting, i don't hear your prayers and he said you got to change and obviously god's not going to change because he doesn't we need to change we need to be rescued there are people there are people souls out on the streets that need to be rescued wandering around and what we would say is well they made that choice they made that choice. Well, you know that young man, he got in debt debt, and he made that choice. So let him live with that. Instead of reaching out in compassion and redemption and offering somebody a helping hand that wants a second chance. As the Spirit of God begins to move, you and I have got to get out of ourselves and somehow our religious way of doing things and begin to reach out for those people that are lost in need of hope through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what he's saying here. We don't not come on. And rather than berating the, somehow those that are hurting, we need to obviously draw them to Jesus here. Many people are out there. They don't measure up. And we dismiss them as lazy, as worthless, as people unworthy of love. Let me tell you, what did you and I have? that made the lord desire us and like israel of old we've been wallowing in our own fallen condition covered in filth and dirt and jesus rescued us didn't he 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 obviously he, he brought us out of it he he picked us up out of the muck and the mire and yet we look at others and we say oh gosh there's no way and you see what i'm saying You see, it applies. Does it not apply to all of us? I'm talking to myself. I'm telling you. And if you are humble your heart, you'll say God's speaking to me, also. You know, that this woman, deserted by her husband, now works at a job that pays far too little, so she can survive and provide for her child. Do we reach out? Do we pray for them? Do we stand in the gap? The teenage girl seeking love and finding instead exploitation. Somehow we look and say, well, she made a mistake. We're reaching out to those. That's what the the Lord is saying. You want to know what a real fast is? The Lord is saying, I'm telling you what a real fast is. Do these things of redemption. See the potential in people. I told Cindy this morning, you know, we were talking about some things. And I said, you know what? You know what we do as, as people is we always judge a book by its cover. We don't look past the cover, do we? We look and we've already judged someone up and down and we don't know their heart. God said, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. I look at what he could be, a person could be. And thank God he looked at me and said the potential I could be also. He didn't look at my outward being. Revival ensures divine blessing also. He says, then if you'll do these things, Then shall your light break forth like the dawn. Your healing will spring up speedily. (laughs) Quick. Been waiting on healing? Do these things. He said, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness, if you'll pour yourself out for the hungry, and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will be as noonday. God will continually guide us if you'll do that. You see, we've got so many times we put yokes on people and the only yoke we should have is the yoke of Jesus. And what does he say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, if you'll do that, I'll, I'll hear from you, you see. A lot of times you know, we think revival means the happiness. No, God begins to show us. He begins to shine His Holy, Holy Spirit's flashlight on our, on our hearts and show us we're not quite as good as we thought we were. Your ancient ruin shall be rebuilt. He said, I have this against you. You've lost your first love. You've wandered back. Come back. If you turn your back, your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, too busy come to church. I'm too busy. Got too much to do. I'm going fishing. I like, you know, whatever you Call it what you want. I'm just not picking on fishermen. The Master calls each Christian to live and to speak in such a way that the believer glorifies the name of the risen Savior. Do you long for his glory? Do you live to do his will? Do you recognize the need for holy refreshment in your life? Or do you have everything you got, you know? You think, that's it. I don't want any more. You may say, oh, Lord Jesus, I'd speak to my neighbors about you. But they may think I'm fanatical. They may think I've gone off the deep end. And Lord, I'd read your word and get into your word. But you know, I'm busy. i spend time in prayer. But you know, I, I, I kind of shoot a prayer up. I oh, I don't need you. I, I know I'm pretty well versed in the Bible. All, I've got degrees. I've got degrees. You see? God's putting his fingers on us, folks. He's putting it right on us right here. He's saying we need to Repent. And Isaiah says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. You can read the whole chapter. Understand revival disrupts our lives. We're not going to live the same way we were. Because revival will strip away our pride, trampling it in the dust. Our vaunted sense of self-worth that enable us to treat fellow Christians as our enemies or worse. As those who must serve us. As though we were somebody great. Revival will exalt the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ above all else. And I, we will diminish and he will increase as what John the Baptist said. That is, if we humble ourselves. Now, I'm going to tell you what this is saying real quick. Two things I believe will break forth in your life and my life and in the life of the body of Christ. First of all, there are two actually ministries. And ministry basically means comfort in some way. But ministry doesn't do this justice. But one is the ministry of intercession. And remember, Jesus is seated, Romans chapter 8, at the right hand of the Father, and he's ever making intercession for us. He's praying for you and for me right now. He's praying for the church today, okay? The other is actually like a, what people may say, a ministry of accusation. You know what the devil does? He goes before the throne of grace day and night, accusing me and me and you, everyone, day and night. And you know what you and I do as Christians? We enter into that accusation along with the devil. Instead of entering into the ministry of intercession. And anytime I criticize somebody or you criticize somebody else, you may be criticizing God's kids. Until when the devil comes and you get puffed up. Your pride comes in and you don't humble yourself and I don't humble myself and I start criticizing. Let me tell you, I'm entering into the same thing the devil was doing 24-7. But the Lord says, you can turn it around to a ministry of intercession, pray for Because God gives grace to the humble. If you remove criticism, the point of the finger, he says the arrogance, and the pride. He will remove, the Bible says, every yoke. Because again, the only yoke we should have would be yoked up to Jesus. We need to repent of the critical spirit. Turn the criticism into prayer and intercession. Look at the people, the way God looks at them. Their potential. If you want mercy, then so Mercy. Because God showed Jim Barclay with mercy and intercede, because believers are God's kids. We're he here to lift up people. And it says the favor of God will follow you wherever you go. And that's why the gifts of the Spirit are so important, it's because we edify one another by that. People leave that food pantry. They don't have as much as I do. i got more in my cupboard right now. I guarantee you than most people that come in there that are in need that we're obviously working with. And they leave that place rejoicing in the Lord. Amen? Amen? They do, don't you? We've seen it over and over again. We're there to edify. We're there not to tear down. We're to pray for them. And we're to stand with them. And when we start criticizing, we're entering into the devil's work and we need to repent again. Please. You remember David and uh, Saul? Remember what happened? David had already been anointed the king of Israel, in there, right? And uh, Saul was trying to kill him. You know the story. And he, you know, came close. David never spoke anything. You remember? He never laid a hand on him. Remember? He said, "I can't. I can't touch God's anointed." And he didn't. God took him. David said, "No way." Uh-uh. I always looked at that and I said, "David, you need to get Saul back. Look at him." I read it. I was in seminary. I'd read it. Get that. Like, you got to need to do something here. You need to retaliate. You need to get out on him because he's really. I mean, he's sinning. Look at the sin in his life. Look at the way he's acting. David never did it did he if we'll give grace to people that God and the way that God has given grace to us you and I, I want to tell you today that's going to break things wide open I believe it because the results will be as it's written in this chapter God's on the move isn't he God's doing something he said, I'm getting you right. I'm get- I want you to come back to that place where the relationship is more than just going through the motions and a ritual. It's not a right. But we'll fall in there just like the Pharisees. And we'll begin to destroy one another and chew one another up and spit them out. The question is, do you have a redemptive heart this day for those that may be downtrodden. Are those a little different than you and I? You see, we don't really like anybody a little different. We don't like anybody that worships different than us, do we? Uh-uh. No. Getting a little bit too loud. Getting a little bit too flamboyant here. And we start criticizing. And we start pointing the finger. And isn't that what Isaiah is saying? Don't do it. You don't know who I am? I share it with with, the Wednesday night group. You want to know who I am? Pull up. You can write it down if you want. Look at Mosey Burks' YouTube. When I got up this morning, that's who I am if you look at it. YouTube, Mosey Burks. And she is a lead singer. Dan heard it the other night. That's who I am, folks. And I love it. And I love who God created me to be. And he's not finished with me yet. And he's doing a mighty work today. And I don't want to do anything to hinder that work. And what I'm going to do is pray. Because it was just a little bit different. You see, I can go into a church. And I'm telling you the music will be playing. And the loudspeakers will be playing. And I can worship in that place. And then I can go into a church where they're sitting quietly with their hands folded and they're seeking the presence of the Lord. And I'm just as happy and joyful in either place. You see? What's it going to be? Allow God to do what he wants to do? we're going to criticize and we're going to tear down I want to tell you right now the word of God says we need to build up we need to edify don't judge people the books by their covers David was not the one that the uh so-called leaders chose uh, back then, didn't he? God says, y'all don't understand how I work. I look at a man's heart. Some of the young people today, and I met some yesterday, their hair was cut different. Mine, you can't cut different because there's not
2: anything <laughs> different about it. I do the same thing every three
0: days. <laughs> but this guy's hair was cut and he had it shaved up to here and it was longer and I looked at him he was dressed a little bit funky you know and I began talking to him <laughs> and I saw he knew Jesus I want to take you right now and Cindy said did you know his name was Amos he said that Amos is a worship leader at a church that meets on Saturday night and it's uh, short, it S-N-O-W, but it's Saturday night of worship, and he leads in worship. And then he goes to another church on Sunday, and he leads in worship. He's, she said, did you hear him sing? And I said, uh, no. She said, hey, beautiful voice. He sat and wept through the sermon. He didn't look like me at all. <laughs> you know what it did to my heart? I have a vision for young people. I have a vision for young people. That means I'm going to have to make some changes. And if you have a vision for the lost, you're to have to make some changes, folks. You can't stay like you are. But he looked different. He loved Jesus. I came home rejoicing, saying, Thank you, Jesus. You don't see people the way I see them you see their potential. So I could have said, oh my gosh, and and just went off the deep end and went on, but you know what I said? I'm going to pray for them. Because God is moving amongst the young people today. And the way He's moving, it may not be what He did necessarily. Redemption, yes. And salvation, yes. It's all of Jesus. But it may be in a little different way than when He saved you and I. And even in the environment that you and I were in, when we receive salvation. But I celebrate that. And I pray that you also. Let's pray together. Father, we bless you and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your love your goodness. And dear Lord, today we pray we see people the way you see them. We pray, Father, today that you would give us the grace of redemption to see people. And we would offer that redemption to people. And dear Lord, today instead of tearing people down, we build them up. And I repent right now for criticizing people because I may be criticizing God's kids. And I right now turn that around and into the ministry of intercession and I pray. I pray for those that persecute me. I pray for those that persecute the church. I pray for those that obviously or just somehow have drifted away and they need Jesus today. And dear Lord, today give us opportunities to, to come after this repentance and Lord, show by our actions we have a changed heart. Because, oh, Lord, we know you do that in our lives. And we're so grateful and we want to thank you that you didn't turn away from us. And so, Lord, as we gather, we right now, we're saying together, we'll, we'll sow mercy because we receive mercy. And we want more mercy in our lives, Lord, because Your mercy is in new every morning. Great is I thankful and so, Lord. So, Holy Spirit of God, work that in my life, the life of every believer here in this place. May You be glorified in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.